When disasters like hurricanes strike, patients are often displaced from their homes. At the same time, the ability of healthcare providers to access patients' health information can be greatly hampered. The Department of Health and Human Services Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT recently announced a new partnership involving 10 states. The aim of that collaborative effort is to improve health information exchange across geographic regions in times of disasters. I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, managing editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Tia Tinney, coordinator of the Southeast Region Collaborative for Health IT, or SEARCH, which is leading this new 10-state initiative. Hi, Tia. Hi, Marianne. To start, please describe for us very briefly what search is. I think that's our most frequently asked question. It is, as you said, the Southeast Regional Collaborative for the Health Information Exchange and Health Information Technology. It was initiated in April 2010 as a knowledge sharing platform where state HIE programs along with federal entities have sought to resolve cross-border issues and implement various secure electronic methods to facilitate a multi-state exchange of information. Our original members are Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Texas. Fall 2012 saw the release of our search RTI International White Paper for Disaster Preparedness, and we started taking our first steps towards initiating cross-border exchange with the group that we've called the Search Connect Initiative. So now what 10 states are involved with this new disaster-related initiative, and how will that initiative work? Okay, so the states that we have participating in the Search Connect initiative are Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Michigan, and Wisconsin have also joined us. So all of all of these states mentioned are have established or are working to establish at least one interstate connection. So how the initiative works may need to start off with a little background. Like I had previously mentioned, in the July of 2012, SEARCH issued the RTI International Disaster Preparedness White Paper, which recommended a phased approach utilizing existing data sources and health plans in the absence of a fully functional state health information exchange during a disaster. Following its release, search members collaborated in taking the first steps towards building a multi-state health information service provider point-to-point exchange utilizing direct secure messaging. Direct is a secure HIPAA-compliant email service that allows users to send and receive email messages and attachments. Then, at a natural disaster, if a patient were located in any of search's participating states, the provider would be able to use direct secure messaging and a point-to-point contact. Only authorized users who have been issued a valid email address can send and receive protected health information that is encrypted and secure. This and the availability of Direct are among the many reasons that all of our states are working to outreach and encourage providers to sign up 
with their state programs for a direct account so they will know that direct is a viable solution in the absence of a fully functional state HIE. In addition to also establishing those connections with their state HIEs as we move down the path towards a more robust exchange. So what sort of health data will be exchanged? And you mentioned that direct is being used. So is it primarily secure email that will be used to exchange this data? Yes. So being that direct messaging is HIPAA compliant, it can be used to exchange exchange health data and information related to patient treatment, payment, and healthcare operations. Pretty much, direct provides a more secure and efficient means to communicate information that providers were already communicating through fax, mail, phone, or patient delivery. And because direct's payload is agnostic, it gives providers a greater flexibility to share any available patient information in a variety of formats. Whether it's attachments with highly structured data to patient data displayed in PDFs or just embedded within the email text itself. And I can go into how some of that data is secured, um, which kind of goes into the nature of direct and, and why it's being implemented at this point. Direct messaging uses industry standards to provide a transport layer for data to be exchanged and encompasses specific governance for the encryption and authentication methods to ensure that the intended recipient is the only user who will be able to access patient-sensitive data. The transport layer ensures that if the email were to go to an unintended recipient, the receiver would not be able to decipher the information. Now, will this relationship between the 10 states be put into action only for health data exchange during disasters or for non-emergency situations as well? So in May 2013, seven states signed on to an open letter issued to the direct community stating that they would be exchanging both for and outside of the means of disaster preparedness in hopes to utilize existing resources in the state of an emergency and also to promote widespread adoption of direct within the provider community. Since that time, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan have joined this initiative with more states inquiring and making connections between health information service providers every day. Due to the ever-changing landscape in the area of trusted exchange, I always like to say that the Search Connect initiative has been a lesson in learning how to build a trusted exchange, not to define it. Are there any particular security or privacy technologies or procedures that come into play for health data exchange during a disaster versus non-emergencies? So in the time of a disaster, all available data sources could be called into action to provide as much information at the point of care as possible. In some cases, participating health plans may engage resources that could manually monitor their direct mailbox for requests for member information. Health plans typically have a rich data store of claims data that can be used to identify members' medications and allergies, as well as their chief medical problems and medical providers involved in their members' care. This is also true of many 
hospitals that have the ability, even in a disaster, to function through their disaster response plans, leveraging off-site and remote data center operations. Direct capabilities are available regardless of any and every use case scenario, from disasters to out-of-state travelers. And that is one of the key advantages of direct is that privacy and security requirements typically do not change in a disaster. Providers can also communicate documentation of necessary authorizations and their need to know patient information. Are there certain technologies and procedures being put in place as part of disaster preparedness? Actually, with direct, it works the same whether it's a disaster or or a non-disaster. So that's kind of the beauty of it. You know, it's that point-to-point contact, and as long as the providers have signed up for a direct email account, they'll be able to exchange information regardless. Participating health plans could engage resources that could manually monitor their direct mailbox for results from member information. So those health plans, you know, typically have a store of claims data that could be used to identify members' protected health information, such as medications and allergies, as well as um, chief medical problems and medical providers involved in their members' care. So ideally, in a disaster situation, that is how the white paper had called for existing resources to be used. Now, are there any lessons learned about health information exchange from recent disasters, such as Hurricane Sandy last year or the recent tornadoes in Oklahoma that might come into play with this new initiative? Of course, of course. We have learned that states are still varying in the implementation and connectivity of their state HIEs. But disasters such as Hurricane Sandy and the tornadoes in Joplin have shown us that EHR system interoperability is a necessary component in the success of health information exchange. For example, in the case of Joplin, St. Louis Regional Medical Center, Missouri, had transitioned from paper to electronic health records just three weeks before the disastrous tornadoes occurred. This makes us realize then the immense importance of implementing certified EHR technology and reaching out to providers to let them know these technologies are available and they do work and they do save lives. Due to St. John's sister hospitals implementing on the same certified EHR technology platform, there was a seamless exchange of information, which this is the ideal when we speak of a nationwide health information exchange. And the absence of this ideal form of system interoperability, including query and response capabilities, tools such as Direct can be utilized to facilitate that type of exchange. As state HIEs advance, it is intended that all certified EHR technologies will meet interoperability standards to ensure for the same type of seamless transitions seen in Joplin. This includes direct secure messaging and the query and retrieval of patient information where it exists. Until that day comes, we can implement tools that are available today, such as direct and a point-to-point exchange, to ensure the secure transfer of patient data.
This enables providers to have the right information at the right time, leading to better patient outcomes in both routine care and during the time of the disaster. Thanks, Tia. I've been speaking to Tia Tinney of Search. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.